0: The same Jesus that's here in this place tonight, the same Jesus that we read about in the New Testament is right there where you are. Where two or three are gathered together in his name, he said, I am in the midst. I am is in the midst. So what does that mean? That means, say this, I expect a supernatural Manifestation, Manifestation of, God's of God's power in my life, in my life. Today. today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I receive it. Amen. I receive it. I expect it. And I say, thank you, Lord. It is done in Jesus' name. I want to speak to you tonight on a topic that is fascinating me this year. Totally fascinating me. The title of my message is an alternative reality. You know we've got everything with the word reality. Reality games, reality shows, people making idiots of themselves and calling it reality TV. But there is an alternative reality that supersedes anything you may be going through, anything you may be facing, an alternative reality. Look at Second Timothy 3, verses 1 through 4 from the Amplified Bible. But understand this, okay, get that, understand this, that in the last days will come and set in, and set in perilous times. It's, we're in the last days. Jesus is coming back, folks. We are in the last days. Perilous times will come and set in. Times of great stress and trouble. Hard to deal with and hard to bear. Anybody been there and done some of that? Me. For people will be lovers of self and utterly self-centered. Lovers of money and aroused by inordinate, inordinate greedy desire for wealth proud and arrogant, and contemptuous boasters. They will be abusive, blasphemous, scoffing, disobedient to parents. Have you ever seen such a group of little brats that are in the world today? Lord, have mercy. Disobedient to parents, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think we're living in this, these times that have set in. Ungrateful, unholy, and profane. They will be without natural human affection, callous and inhuman, relentless, admitting of no truce or appeasement. They will be slanderers, false accusers, troublemakers, intemperate, loose in morals and conduct, uncontrolled and fierce haters of good. Haters of good. Haters of good. We're seeing this all the time. The world is hating those that are good. There was a time that they just wanted to ignore us, but now if they had their way, we would all be locked up somewhere. They want their evil ways, and they are haters of those who want to do good. They will be treacherous, betrayers, rash, and inflated with self-conceit. They will be lovers of sensual pleasures and vain amusements. More than and rather than lovers of God. More than rather than lovers of God. You look at how much money the entertainment industry brings in. You look at how much money entertainers make. People have made idols out of man. Rather than being lovers of God. And this is the reality of the natural world at this very moment. If you choose to place your focus on all that's going wrong, you're going to fall prey to fear. And you're going to open the door to Satan's forces in your life. We must see beyond the wickedness. We must see beyond the circumstances of our life. And we must find an alternative reality. As children, most of us could create an imaginary world within the real world. Anybody ever do that? Maybe if yeah. Maybe if you were a little girl, maybe you imagined yourself to be a princess. And maybe if you were a little boy, you imagined yourself to be a cowboy. And maybe if you were a tomboy like me, you imagined yourself to be a cowboy. We could do it. We could transport ourselves from where we were to an imaginary world where we were having fun. I mean, I can remember people coming in my house and getting ready to sit down on the couch, and I said, you can't sit there. My soldiers and sailors are sitting there. And they're like, and my mom, I'm so spoiled. She just indulged me. She's like, well, you can sit over here. <laughs> but it was so real to me. It was so real to me. Unfortunately, as adults, we grow up and we forget how to be anywhere except the rotten here and now. But God wants us to live in an alternative reality to the rotten here and now. We can't spend our time just looking at the problems and talking out how about how bad everything is. You cannot change the world system if you are engrossed in it. Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. Brothers and sisters, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. You feel like you don't fit in? It's because you're not part of this kingdom. Jesus is your king. You are part of His kingdom. God's plan is for us to live our lives in His kingdom. It's a life that is so far above what the rest of the world can see that they, they, they can't even, they don't even get it. They don't even understand what you're talking about. See, the Bible says we've been seated in a new place in Jesus Christ. Here's the world running around in their mess down here. We're not part of that. We're up here. Seated with Jesus. Seated with Jesus. In heavenly places. This reality, that's a realm of reality. But that's not our reality. Our kingdom is His kingdom. What did He say? Pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Those weren't just pretty little words. That's what He wants it to be. He wants His kingdom. On this earth, and he wants us to be a part of it. Ephesians 2, 6 says, King James version, talking of God, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2, 2 through 6, I just love this from the message. It says, it wasn't so long ago that you we mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. Get this. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. Woo! That's pretty strong. That's pretty strong. We all did it, verse 3. All of us doing what we felt like doing when we felt like doing it. All of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, instead, immense in mercy and with incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Glory to God. Glory to God. You see, the, the, the person who did you the dirtiest, the person who is out here committing the grossest sins, you might stand back and say, now how's God going to deal with that person? I'll tell you how he's going to deal with them. Mercifully. Just like he has you and I, mercifully. John seven, John first, John four four. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When are we going to start acting like that's true? That thou dost not just words on a page. John seventeen fifteen through seventeen. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. Hallelujah. We're in a higher realm. I'll tell you what, you go around talking like this, people will say you're out of your mind. I say, glory to God. I hope so. I hope I've gone beyond my mind into the mind of Christ and that I'm thinking the thoughts of God now. This world's nuts, crazy, loco. Verse 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The only way we can live victoriously in this world and dwell in the secret place of the Most High is to abide in intimacy with God and to renew our minds while filling our hearts with the word of God. We try to squeeze out of people what only God can give. Oh, I'm telling you, I have had so many idols in my life. It's disgusting when I look back on it. People that I put on on pedestals and, and you know, they were the source of my happiness. If they were happy, I was happy. If they were unhappy, I was unhappy. Bull. With a capital B, bull. I don't care how interesting anything or anybody of this world is. We've got to walk in the truth of God's word. We cannot allow our hearts to become contaminated with the lies of this world. Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. One of the Hebrew translations for the word issues in this verse is boundary. You see, we set the boundaries of our life by what we choose to program into our hearts. Where will you live? What will you have? What kind of marriage will you have? What will you believe? Who will you trust? How prosperous will you be? Will you live in the world's reality or rise above into the reality of God? All these boundaries will be determined by how much truth you choose to put into your heart. When our lives are filled with God's presence, power, and his word, we will live in another world. We used to travel with Pastor Benny Hinn. And he had this saying, he said, if you have just the word, you will dry up. If you have just the power, you will blow up. But if you have both, you will grow up. <laughs> it takes the Word and the Spirit. And when we choose to walk in that world, we will be far above the beggarly elements of this world. God wants us to walk in the supernatural. And when we see it, we can reach for it. And we can find it. And he revealed it in both the Old and the New Testament. You go digging around in your, your brain for answers, it's not there, sugar. It's not there. You're looking in the wrong place. Get in the Word of God. Start seeing who the God is that you serve. Israel had a cloud by day and a fire by night. It protected them and it sheltered them. It, it guided them. That's pretty amazing. When we read these things, they can't just be words on a page. Put yourself there. Wow, baby, take a look at that. It's awesome. David, oh, he just slew a bear and then a lion and then a giant. Supernatural. but You can't do that stuff on your own. Paul and Silas were beaten. They were in prison in chains, and an earthquake shook the prison. And their chains fell off, and the prison doors were opened. Instead of running out like scared chickens, they stuck around and led the jailer and all his family to Jesus. Why? Because they were looking in a different kingdom. Miracles happen throughout the word of God. The sick were healed. The dead were raised. Water was turned into wine. How does this happen when people start seeing beyond what the world would call boundaries and look into the alternative reality and reach for it? There's a pastor in Lakeland, Florida named Shirley Arnold, and she tells about missionaries coming to her church and telling their fabulous stories. I mean, missionaries just have the most fascinating stories. And one story was about some missionaries who were out in the jungle, and they were in a car, and they were miles and miles and miles away from civilization. No town, no village, no gas pumps, and their car was out of gas. So what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? Well, they saw a stream nearby. They went and got water, and they started dumping it into the gas tank of their car. Now, anybody who knows anything about cars knows that's not something you really want to do. But they were in faith because they believed that the same God who could turn water into wine could turn water water into gasoline, and they drove all the way back, no damage to their car. Do we dare look beyond the natural and into the supernatural for our solutions? When the king of Syria was angry with Elisha, and he sent chariots, men, horses, armies, we're going to get this guy whatever it takes. We're going to get this Elisha. Elisha did not freak out. His servant did. What are we going to do now? Elisha just prayed, open his eyes and let him see. And when he did, he saw all around Elisha. The hills and mountains and everywhere was filled with chariots of fire. The Lord's Host was with Elisha, and he's with you. I don't care what you're facing. Dare to believe that he is with you. God knows how to bring supernatural help into impossible-looking situations. Our friend Bill was ice fishing, and he had gone out early in the morning, but really didn't realize, you know Bill West, Bill and Vicki, Um, He didn't realize that as the day was getting warmer, the ice was getting softer. So the ice cracked, and he was plunged into the freezing icy waters below, and he couldn't get out. I mean, I've seen these pictures of people. It's like they try to pull themselves out, and it just breaks off more and breaks off more. Their hands slip off until eventually... They, from hypothermia, they lose their strength. They even lose their mind a lot of times. Well, Bill had been in there long enough that time was running out. Some people were up on the shore and they tried to get a hose out to him so that he could grab it and they could pull him in, but the ice was too thin and they couldn't get close enough to give Bill a hose. So just as Bill was slipping into unconsciousness, A man grabbed him, pulled him out, and laid him over on the ice where it was solid. And he was rescued. Well, when he got up to the shore, he asked the people, he said, Where's the man who pulled me out? And the people all said, There was no one out there but you. There was no man. There was no man. Did Do you think God sent an angel to rescue him? I do, too. I do, too. When we lived in Indiana, we had huge cottonwood trees that were right behind our house. They were right next to our master bathroom and bedroom. Huge cottonwood trees. And one night, I looked out the little bathroom window, and I saw next to those huge cottonwood trees the biggest angel. He was so big and so bright. It was amazing. And it, it's, I, I used to always say, Lord, show me an angel, show me an angel. It's like once you see one, you're like, Oh my, what did I ask for? Because it's so otherworldly. It's so beyond anything that your mind has ever seen that it, it just almost paralyzes you. I, when I read the Bible and I say they saw an angel and they fell down as dead, I get it. I get it. But, I saw this angel standing there. I couldn't even talk about it. I couldn't even tell Walt about it. Matter of fact, for the next three days, I would not go in that bathroom. I would go down the hall to the guest bathroom because I, it was just so awestruck by what I had seen. But not long after that, a tornado came down our street, and um, we were not at home. But our neighbors had the same trees next to their house that we had next to ours. Well, the tornado came right down the street, right through our yards, right by those trees. Well, when we got home, we didn't even know it had happened. And we saw our neighbor's property all busted up and the big trees on top of it. And we said, what happened? He said, a tornado came while you were gone. And he said, and we watched those trees. They said, we watched your trees bend completely over the top of your house, exactly like ours did, only yours didn't break. You think God showed me an angel so I'd know why those trees didn't break? I believe he did. I believe he did. There's so much to be seen in the supernatural realm by people who refuse to settle for less. Pastor Walt and I love fishing. We'll go fishing any opportunity we get. And when he was on the sheriff's department back in Indiana, there was a place called National Aggregates. Hey, Crystal. uh and they allowed us to go fishing in there after they closed at night. It, they made con, they, they had these big machines and they dug out all this rock and then they made concrete. So it, wherever time they dug out rock, it left big lakes and ponds and there was all kinds of lakes and ponds in there and they were all full of fish. And we loved it and we would go over there whenever we could. And so, uh, one night after we had fished, until the wee hours of the morning, and we were ready to leave, and it's very, very dark in there. We turned on this road that was just kind of wet, which was not uncommon over there for the roads to be wet from all the equipment that they had going back and forth. So we turned on what we thought was just a wet road, but before too long, our wheels were just all spinning. We weren't getting any traction anymore. What we did not realize was the wrong road that we accidentally turned in onto was the road that the concrete trucks come down to dump their loads of concrete that's left over at night. And so we had driven into a concrete dump. Well, we didn't know what to do. We couldn't, we couldn't get the car moving. He jumps out and the concrete's, you know, way up on him and he starts scooping like a dog trying to pull the concrete away from our tires. But obviously it's wet concrete. It's just going to fall back right back in. And so he's making no progress. And, um, I don't know. I kind of thought maybe he had to go to the bathroom or something because he kept yelling something and like, O.S. something. He was a new believer and his vocabulary was not real good at that point in time. And so you can probably spell out the rest of that word. It wasn't Savior. Uh, he didn't have to go to the bathroom. He was just freaking out. And as a new Christian, that's what came out. Yep. Yep. And so I prayed not that I was some great big giant of faith, because I hadn't been a believer that long myself. But I prayed. And I said, I'm going to pray. And I said, let's just believe God. Well, he really wasn't even on that page at that point in time. He was just just panicking. And so I prayed. I said, now you try one more time to drive out of here. He put the car in gear. We drove out of there as if we were on a highway, just as smooth and easy. And we were as far into the concrete pit as it was to get out of the other side. So we actually had to go through what was a little bit even deeper than where we were and came out on the other side, but just went the whole way, like there was a road made just for us. And there was. God did that. God did that. God did that. There's so many things. Well, you can take a wrong road, but God can turn it into a super highway to the right place. Walt was really, he did some major cleanup on that sheriff car. Major cleanup. It took a lot of cleanup. But that was much better than having what he was afraid that he was going to have to call the sheriff's department and say, Hey, hey, guys, guess what? I drove your car into a concrete dump, and it's sitting there hardening as we speak. <laughs> God got us out of that. I can't. I mean, if I were to tell you the stories of times that things like this had happened, with just using childlike faith we have got to start looking with our spiritual eyes and not just seeing what we can see and thinking what we can think, but looking into God's kingdom for supernatural solutions. I, I want to ask you something. If Pastor David uh, said, next week we're going to have a special meeting, then there's going to be 150 people in attendance. And we're going to feed them all after the service is over. And, of course, Marie knows what that means. <laughs> that means that she and Jerry are getting to get in gear. But then he says, uh, but Marie, Jerry, don't make anything because it's all going to be covered. Well, you know, all of us, we're pretty smart. We think he's going to have it catered. We You know, no problem. He's going to have it catered. Okay, so fast forward to that next Sunday service. And right after service, he says, All right, everybody, are you getting hungry? Everybody's like, Yeah. And uh, he says, Well, Marie's going to be ringing the bell here in just a moment that the food is served. Only problem is, there ain't no food. Nothing, honey. No food. Then his next statement is, Marie, ask the people who brought any food or snacks with them and then we'll just eat that. Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Sounds like a little boy's lunch feeding 5,000 plus people. But you know, it was really amazing because Marie asked them if anybody had anything and you know, it's amazing what women have in their purse, in their bags. Lord have mercy. I mean, one woman had a big old ham, another one had a tur cooked turkey, some else had some sweet taters. I mean, it just turned out that everybody ate, and Marie, who is so wonderful about fixing up these little goodie bags, take home goodie bags, she gave every single person a goodie bag to take home with them from the leftovers. All All right. See, we, you know, we've got to begin to have that childlike faith again. Yes, that faith that says, my daddy can do anything. You're, I don't know if you ever did this with kids. I used to hear this a lot. It's like two kids would be arguing. My daddy can whip your daddy. My daddy can whip your daddy. You know, well, big deal. Who cares? But for somehow some reason to little boys especially, that was a big deal. And my daddy can whip your daddy. Well, we need to start telling the the demonic evil world my daddy can whip your daddy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants us to live in the supernatural, in his kingdom. You know, if that situation happened with Pastor David and the food and all that, about the time he said, Marie, ask people what they've got in their pockets or purses, and we'll just make a meal out of that. Most people would not say, oh, Pastor has heard from God. The natural mind would say, Pastor has lost his marbles. We better start going on a marble hunt. But that's... When I talk to you about the perilous times that are coming in these last days, when the enemy comes in, like a flood, God wants to raise up a standard against it. Yeah. The devil doesn't play fair. Evil people don't play nice. Nice. They don't play by the rules. We need supernatural deliverance. And if we're in the Word and we're filling our hearts with truth, we're going to have it. If we're not, we're just going to be overcome and run down by the things that are happening. So in closing, I want to give you one powerful way to begin to walk in the supernatural Believe for the things of God. See miracles in your life. One powerful way. And it's the word yield. Yield. You gotta get yourself out of the way before God can do his thing. You gotta get yourself out of the way. I'm gonna take the word yield. I'm gonna go down the page like Y-E-Y-I. I can spell it really. Y-I-E-L-D. Why, I would say yearn, yearn for an intimate relationship with God. Go after it no matter who it separates you from or who it connects you to. Go after it. Don't try to find the time. Make the time. For I inquire. Inquire of the Lord. Through prayer, the word, worship, thanksgiving, giving, and obeying, learn to do well. Learn to do well. E. Expect divine intervention, healing, restoration, family reconciliation, salvation, financial blessings. In all things, know this. Everything you need he already is. Everything you need, he already is. L, lean. Lean not into your own understanding. God will give you unusual instructions. And if you are too um, analytical, you'll reason them away. God will give you unusual instructions. It's unusual to tell people to feed 5,000 people with one little boy's lunch. It's unusual to put mud on a blind man's eyes and then tell him to walk two miles to the pool of Siloam and wash it off. But the man did it. But if... If we reason away the instructions that God gives us in the supernatural, we're going to be only stuck with what we can produce. And that's not enough, particularly in these days, particularly in this time, this period of life. And last, D, declare. Declare God's greatness. Encourage yourself and others with the powerful promises that belong to those who believe. In closing, I want us to read Psalm 91, verses 1 through 9 from the Amplified Classic. And, you know, let's just read this out loud together and apply it, make it personal to you. When when we say he who dwells in the secret place, I want you to think of it. I'm dwelling in the secret place. All right, let's read that out loud together. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, on him I lean and rely, and in him I confidently trust. For then, when, after you're saying these things, after you're seeing and saying these things, verse 3, for then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Then he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor of the arrow, the evil plots, and the slanders of the wicked that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lay waste at noonday, A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only a spectator shall you be, yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High, as you witness the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your refuge and the Most High your dwelling place. We're going to have to live there, folks. We're going to have to live in that secret place. We're going to have to know God intimately. We're going to have to fill our hearts with his word. We are in perilous times as we started out talking about. We are in times that have set in where wickedness is abounding. We are in a time when God wants us by spending time in the secret place by worshiping Him, by making His truth more real to us than anything else, to be in this world, but not of this world. Absolutely. Not determined by what's happening in the economy. Not determined by the laws of nature even, but in the secret place of the Most High. Hallelujah. God wants to do miracles. Thank you. God wants to do supernatural things. And there's one thing he needs. It's our hearts. It's our trust. It's our childlike faith. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for everyone in this room tonight, those watching online. We just put ourselves before you tonight. We humble ourselves before you. God, if you can use anything, you can use me. I want your will. I want to be in this world, but not of this world like you were, like you seated me in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I want that perspective, that kingdom perspective. Father, I repent of the times that I've tried to, to dominate my own life or, or dictate the outcome or, or plan and scheme to try to get my will done. I say, it's all yours, God. I yield to you. I yield my family, my finances, my marriage, my future. And my past to you, God, have your way in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before, before we close tonight, we're going to be out of here in just a very few moments. But if there's anyone who wants prayer tonight, this altar's open. Pastor Walt and I are here to pray for you. And if you can believe it, you can receive it. Is there anyone who needs prayer tonight? All right. Well, Father, I just pray that as we go forth this week, Lord, that we will go forth in your kingdom, that we will see a change in our perspective and that we will begin to experience life as you planned it to be. In Jesus' name.